This is the Storm Report. Thank you so much for listening to the Storm Report podcast in association with the Storm Report Radio Network. I'm your host, Tommy Castor. Don't forget to hit subscribe. That way, anytime we have a brand new episode of the Storm Report podcast, you'll get a notification. You can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're on platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others out there as well. Also, make sure that you follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at The Storm Report. Find us on Facebook at The Storm Report Radio Network, and also go to our website, thestormreport.com. You can get more information about what The Storm Report Radio Network is all about. You can also get interactive radar, a custom forecast, and much more. So recently on The Storm Report podcast, we've had some fantastic conversations with folks inside the weather community, and today is no exception. We're joined by meteorologist Jennifer Nair more on this episode of the Storm Report podcast. Jennifer is involved in so many different arenas. She's a part of the Storm Report radio network. Uh, she also has an incredibly vibrant website called Tornado Talk. She's a part of the Weather Brains podcast and so much more. We're going to talk for the next 20 minutes or so to Jennifer about all of those different things. Uh, but first off, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Tommy, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So we've got a lot to get to on this episode, but before we really get into the nuts and bolts of it, for people who are not familiar with you, uh, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and your career? Absolutely. Well, I uh, became interested in weather back in middle school. I moved to Florida with my family uh, back in the mid-1980s, so I'm dating myself here, but uh, <laughs> we moved uh, down to central Florida and I became fascinated with hurricanes. And I'm watching them approach the east coast of Florida. I'm like, then they would turn north. I'm like, what's going on here? Why are they doing that? <laughs> just was fascinated with them. And, and it was during that time that the Weather Channel had just started uh, to really kind of gain popularity. And I was watching it all the time. I would get myself up in the middle of the night and was uh, tracking all the storms coming in with them. And I would get the little hurricane charts at the grocery store and plot sure. everything. And I just loved it. So I decided then that I wanted to become a meteorologist and I was going to go to Florida State because we were in Florida, and that was a, right. a huge meteorology school. And then we moved when I was in freshman year of high school, we moved out to Pennsylvania. Huge change, obviously, <laughs> not only with uh, just being in the middle of high school, or you're moving somewhere, but huge change in climate. And sure. I started exploring Penn State University. And so that's where I decided to go to school. I am a proud Nittany Lion. And I graduated back in 1995 with my uh, bachelor's in meteorology. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, of course, you know, looking at kind of your career and where it kind of began, I mean, mm -hmm. I know that, you know, you worked for a number of years for the Weather Channel. Uh, what was that experience like, you know, working with that organization? It was great. I mean, to start your interests when you're a kid wanting to, you know, you're watching the Weather Channel and you always wanted to work there and then having that opportunity, it was really a, an honor to do so. I started my career at the Weather Channel Radio Network and back in 1997. And I worked in radio for three years. I primarily did the mornings and it was that early 3.30 start time until noon. Sure. And I did that for three years. And then I moved over to the Latin America division and became a product coordinator for a couple of years and then moved back to radio after that, after working there for about two years and moved back to the radio department. I was uh, kind of a floater all over the place, different shifts, weekend, overnights. And then I settled into the afternoon shift uh, for several years before 2012, and they had some restructuring. And then I found myself moving away from the Weather Channel and needing to find another job. And uh, someone named Dan Holiday was okay get, having me come <laughs> back on with him. But you know, the Weather Channel was great. I, I learned a lot 
there. I mean, it was it was very active, and I had the opportunity to work different shifts to uh, do severe weather coverage during the afternoon. That was just learning that that whole routine. You know, and during that time, we didn't have a lot of things coming to our phones in terms of alerts and everything. They came off on a printer. And during the afternoon, man, you right. you got through some paper. Uh, there were uh, tornado warnings all the time and severe thunderstorm warnings and getting the updates <laughs> and calling numerous stations and balancing everything. And then, of course, during the mornings, you're dealing with more of the frozen precipitation during the winter. How is it going to impact your morning drive and all that kind of stuff? So I really got a taste of how everything worked there and um, you know, made lifelong friends there as well. And it was just an honor to be able to, to say, hey, I worked at the Weather Channel. And, um, and then after that, moved to the Storm Report in 2012. Yeah. So, you know, obviously your, your interest growing up was in meteorology and in weather was broadcasting always the direction you wanted to go, or, uh, was that kind of a, was that sort of new after you got into the industry? I really enjoyed the broadcasting end of it. In fact, I loved radio. Even at college, we uh, during the uh, campus weather is what it's called at Penn State. Um, there wasn't a lot of television, but I, I actually was kind of spearheaded uh, the television division there. When I was there, I was the vice president of video operations and did a little bit of some TV. And I, I did want to do TV. I wanted to track hurricanes. That was my main goal. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be somebody on the beach in the yellow slicker. Hey, it's coming. You know, that's what I wanted sure. to do. And, but we also had a radio division part of campus weather. And so I did work and, and did radio reports while I was there. And so I, broadcasting was always what I wanted to do. Um, once I graduated college, I realized how hard it was going to be to get into broadcasting. It's, it's very right. difficult to break in, to try to, you know, uh, have the right look for it. And I got some feedback that was really discouraging and I, I stepped away from it. I did not think I was going to be a meteorologist. In, hmm. in fact, I graduated in 95 and there was a two-year gap there where I moved back home to Indiana, which is where I'm from originally. And I worked as a, I worked a couple of different jobs, but I worked as an administrative assistant. I did hmm. not think that weather was in my future at all. And then in 1997, I, I got a, a call from a friend of mine who I graduated college with who said, hey, we need more women in radio down here at the Weather Channel. And I'm like, they have a radio department? I had no clue. And so I, you know, it was a blessing because about a couple of months ahead of time of getting her call, I had thought about maybe I could do traffic and weather or just do something on the radio. So I had gone into and rented some uh, time in a studio and I did some audition tapes. And so I sent those to her and then that spearheaded me moving forward and getting an interview with the Weather Channel and getting the job in radio back in September of 97. And the rest is history, I suppose. The rest is history. I mean, I, it's interesting, Tommy. You know, I don't really think about it, but I, I did not think I was going to be a meteorologist. And so but that obviously changed. And I know I am, I am in the midst of weather every day for hours on end. And I love it. And uh, it's been able to get me to different places where I can really kind of fine tune where my interests are. And, you know, not only – and I love being a radio girl. I mean, it's really fun to be behind the microphone tracking weather across – different parts of the country. And you're almost like a chaser, but you don't have to go right. sit in the car all day. You just sit here and chase it from your house. So 
Uh, we're talking to meteorologist Jennifer Naramore here on the Storm Report podcast. And of course, you know, Jennifer, you're a part of the Storm Report radio network. You have been since 2012 and, you know, providing weather forecasts and weather coverage to radio stations all around the country. Uh, what, what has that role been like for you over the last eight plus years? And has it changed over the time uh, when you first started back in 2012? It's grown big time. And that's what's yeah. been fun. It, it started out where I had a handful of stations um, that, you know, I just I did kind of sporadically and, and did, you know, recorded updates. And it's really exploded to I, I'm not even quite sure how many stations I'm on now. I, I look at, you know, there's a lot of cities that, that play our forecasts on multiple stations. I probably have over 60 cities now that I do the forecast for. Wow. And it's awesome. I get to be on in Montana and Florida and, and Kansas and Missouri. And um, most of that is recorded updates. We do severe weather coverage as well. And, you know, that can get pretty hectic. But uh, I, I like doing the severe weather coverage and, and being able to be a voice, hopefully, that folks can trust and, you know, hear me, hear me talking and they hear my tone change and I get very motherly with you. And you know, I've been told <laughs> I have a mother voice with you. But I'm trying to tell you, get into your sturdy shelter. Don't you get out of there. And I try sure. to let people know to stay safe. And um, so that in that aspect, I mean, it's really grown. And, um, you know, I'm still working all kinds of hours. You're, you're covering things, whether it be early morning storms that wake you up in the morning and you're having to jump on real quick or, or you know, doing some late night stuff. But uh, it, it's been great. And I have a, just a great relationship with Dan and with uh, with Sally and Steve and, and the other crew, you know, just you know, working together to, to, to provide the best product that we can for the radio stations that we cover. Let's talk a little bit about Tornado Talk. You know, obviously that um, Tornado Talk, you know, has several different components to it. I know at one point it was a podcast like what we're doing right now, uh, but there are a lot of other uh, elements to the whole Tornado Talk website. So for our listeners that are not familiar with Tornado Talk, uh, you know, maybe let's let everybody know what that looks like and what that is. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's my baby. And uh, it's something that we started. Uh, Dan asked me back in 2016. He's like, hey, you want to do a podcast? I'm like, sure. So we put together 36 amazing episodes of Tornado Talk, all about tornado history. And we were telling different stories. We talked about the Joplin tornado. The sure. April 27th, 2011 outbreak was our first episode. We actually had the amazing James Spann on there, and mm. that was awesome. And uh, just told different stories. We had different uh, interviews with the National Weather Service, and we talked to chasers and folks who survived tornadoes, and, it, and we just put these uh, stories together. And uh, after doing the 36 episodes, Dan decided to step away, but I was hooked on tornado history. Yeah. That became our tagline, actually. And I decided, I wonder what I could do with this. So for the next year or so, I restructured the website. And my goal was to write a summary, like almost like a blog, but, but more of a detailed article, excuse me, article about um, on this day in tornado history. Okay. So I took every single day and I found a tornado that I could write about and I dug into all of the National Weather Service archives and looked, you know, on the internet and looked for through newspapers.com and, and, and wrote these summaries. And I managed to do one for pretty much every single day of the year. And after doing that and not seeing, okay, where's this going to go? What am I going to do? I almost gave it up. I was getting tired. I was <laughs> wore out doing everything. Um, for the most part by myself, I have a, 
a guy, his name's Brandon Molyneux. He is a student. He was going to Millersville and now he's down at Auburn. He was my right-hand guy helping me with website stuff and encouraging me. And I talked to him about it and he said, I don't want you to give it up yet. I'm like, okay. So I restructured the website after doing kind of like a Oh, a poll out on social media and saying, what do you got? What do you like? And what don't you like? And so I restructured the website one more time and made it more user friendly. We launched a discord server, which is a chat server uh, that a lot of gamers use, but it's really turned into a, a platform for any kind of a group to get on and, and talk to each other and build community. We started that at the end of 2019 and it Tornado Talk has exploded and it's been yeah. great. We we have a great group of folks who have joined the server. We have daily conversations, not only about tornado history, but we cover the tropics now. We are doing live weather coverage. We have uh, breakout groups that are highly involved in research. And I have more folks writing summaries. I'm still doing some writing, but now oh, I have wow. more people writing summaries than I've ever had before in the past. And it's really turned into what I see is a platform for, and, and most of these are kids. I mean, we're talking kids that are, you know, teenagers up into, into their 20s. They call me mom, and that <laughs> I could be their mom for sure. They're my boys. Um, there are some ladies on there too, and I'd love to see more women join the server because there are a lot of women in the sciences and in meteorology. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, focus on the guys. But, you know, I would love to have more ladies join the server and and get on there and have some discussions about tornado history and, and chasing or whatever they want to talk about. But uh, I do have my group of boys that do uh, a lot of the, they pretty much handle a lot of the severe weather coverage on the server. They're doing a lot of writing. They're doing in-depth um, research. And we are working on research projects together. And the summaries where I used to do just a quick you know, blurb and put some newspaper clips. They've really grown in their detail. And we're meeting a different standard now. I mean, these guys are pouring their heart and soul into it. And I really see it now as a mentorship for them sure, to help them, whether they're going through college and they're trying to find their way and figure out where they're going. And this is a great outlet. Or if they're in high school and they're wanting to go to college and it gives them an outlet too of what can they do to where are they going? What do they want to, they want to be a meteorologist. So they want to talk tornadoes, but what does that look like and what can they do? And, and so it has really exploded. And so the discord server is very active. We continue to grow on social media and the website continues to grow. And so I'm just interested to see what happens in the future. And we are looking at events and really digging into them and it's been great. And I'm hearing from more people from the public too. I had a gentleman that wrote to me and there was a, a tornado out of, um, I believe it was Minnesota. And he wrote to me and he said, I am the twin of, of the baby that died. There was a baby oh, that wow. died. It was only two years old. And that's his twin. And he wow. sent me, you know, he was telling me stories. He's going to be sending me pictures. Those are the things I fall in love with in terms of tornado history. It's not, I mean, I hate the tragedy, but through tragedy, we can learn from it. And through history, we can learn how to protect ourselves, how to help each other, how to rebuild communities and all those type of things. And, and just learning from some of these tragedies and capturing their stories, it gives their life meaning. And so that is another thing that we're really focusing in on too. And it's uh, it takes a lot of time 
to stay on top of it, but I'm very, very passionate about it. And it has a huge part of my heart. And um, it's exciting to see these kids really growing in not only their knowledge, but we build a community. I mean, they keep me hopping every day. <laughs> we're talking and right. like, oh, the boys are up and they're we're, we're going <laughs> at it. I mean, they are. Ta- I mean, and it's great. I, I really yeah. love it, Tommy. Well, you know, I, I have a question that is all about education that I'll get to in just a second. But before I get to that, uh, you were talking about how Tornado Talk began as a podcast. And I just have to tell you, probably my favorite episode that you all did uh, was the one about the Topeka tornado and having Bill Curtis on with you oh, yeah. was just incredible. And just hearing him speak about, you know, all the way back in, in the 60s and, and how that happened. And he was on the air that day. And uh, so I would recommend any of our listeners that haven't had a chance to go and listen to some of these old old tornado talk episodes. If you want to pick one, I mean, there are several that are outstanding. Actually, all of them are outstanding, but the Topeka one for me just was totally set apart because Bill Curtis is just so incredible. Yeah. He's a legend. And to be able to talk to him and have us, have him take us through what happened that day, he was filling in on, on, you know, on the TV side and, and, you know, for God's sake, take cover. I mean, that was famous words that came out of him to try to get people to take cover in Topeka. And uh, amazing episode. My favorite episode, Tommy, was Gerald. The Gerald episode was one of our last episodes. It was very haunting because that's one of the most destructive tornadoes that we know about and that we have details about. And to hear those stories and and, um, Lon Curtis, who was chasing that day and, and storm spotting and took us through everything that happened that day. And he and I have built a friendship and he's done some writing now for Tornado Talk. And that has been an honor to have him, you know, add his expertise with technical writing and, you know, scientific writing and doing summaries for the website has been amazing. That's great. Well, let's talk a little bit about education. So I know that you, uh, you know, teach weather courses for uh, people with disabilities, and I, I definitely want to talk to you about that. But before we get into that, I one of my questions about your Tornado Talk mentorship program: What does the future look like? I mean, as far as education for young people who are interested in weather, obviously weather is not going anywhere. But the way that people consume weather and the way that alerts are given, and you know, some of the new technology that's out there, what what does the future look like for especially some of those students that are part of your mentorship program? Well, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that you're calling a mentorship program because I, I haven't really thought about it that way until the past really a few few weeks or so. Just kind of seeing how it's evolved into that, and I think that I see it for for the tornado talk kids. I think it's it's just getting themselves immersed into uh, learning, growing. Uh, research, just, you know, whatever you can get your hands on to learn about weather and the the cutting edge changes in weather technology, how information is disseminated, uh, model data, whatever, just absorb it and read it. I also, I I don't know exactly where, where weather is going, you know, the the weather communities that are out there and what, what it looks like for broadcasting. I, I don't know. I think that we'll always have it, but we have different platforms now because we have social media. But I think that a lot of these kids, they're, they should pursue their interest in weather, but make sure that they, you know, focus in on something else too, whether it's GIS or Hmm. um, getting a, 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 you know, a minor in journalism, something else. It could be on the digital side, learning uh, computer programming. That's what Brandon's doing, by the way. He's, you know, he's a meteorologist, but he's going into computer programming too. And so that you can mirror those two things and it, it sets you apart 
I don't know if just having a meteorology degree is enough. I think it's having other skills. And what my hope is, is that, you know, with these kids doing their riding, that they will be able to stand out and, and sh- you know, showcase those to advisors and teachers and say, this is what I've been doing. What else can I do? How, what, where can I take this? Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your education process as far as, you know, I know that you teach some weather courses. Um, I think that's just incredible. And and you giving your time for that reason. Uh, Let our listeners know what that looks like and, and, you know, sort of how you found yourself in that position. Sure. Um, I have a heart for the disabilities community. I always have. And when I lived in Atlanta, I joined the uh, Special Olympics. I became a tennis coach and worked very closely with um, the special needs community, teaching them how to play tennis. And then that kind of led me into more special needs groups to be able to be a mentor or a teacher or working with tennis or whatever. And then it eventually led me to a wonderful organization called Creative Enterprises. And that's out of um, northeastern part of Atlanta. And it's a a group, it's a, a facility where adults with disabilities who have, you know, graduated from high school and they need a, a place to be able to continue to grow in their skills, whether it's learning or to be able to have a place to work. They have some jobs and they have a shop that they work at or what have you, then they have an opportunity to be there. And I worked part-time there for a while and was in the facility teaching classes we would do a cooking class and I would teach weather. Hmm. And then as my job with the radio department here, the storm report grew, then I had to give that up in terms of going into the building, but we made it where I could do some teaching online. And when I moved uh, out of Georgia and up to Ohio to be closer to my family, we worked it out where I'm now doing online courses via Skype or Zoom and teaching them all about weather. And it's, it really has been great. The special needs community is amazing. And these folks, they either love weather or they're scared of it. And so I took the approach that I want them to be weather ambassadors for their home, Mm. for their group home at creative, that the more that they know that knowledge is power and that they can be weather ambassadors and know, okay, this is what the radar is saying. So I teach radar, I teach them and we go through things, you know, uh, every week, I teach them about fronts, and they're learning these concepts. And so they're, they'll tell me, you know, Miss Jennifer, it's really dark outside. And we know, Mm. it looks like it's going to be stormy. Um, Whatever it may be, they they know, we review quick, often, where should you go for a tornado? If a tornado warning comes out, what should you do? And they know, they know where to go. They know where you know to tell their family and and uh, not to dilly dally and to get there. And they know how right. to get the warnings. And it, it's been really amazing. And they're learning these concepts, and I'm learning from them. You know, because I again, there some of them are scared of weather. I mean, there's and that is, that's not even a disability thing. That's just a human thing. The yeah. weather is scary. And so, but how do you not let? How do you not take that and make it an anxiety thing? How do you take it and be a weather ambassador? And they're my observational meteorologists. They, they're always telling me what's going on and what does it look like outside? What does it feel like? And there's different levels of the disability. So it, sometimes we're teaching, you know, what should you be wearing if it's 32 degrees outside? Yeah. And all those type of things. And it's just, it's a joyful place for me to go every week. 
That's outstanding. And, you know, I think that, you know, for a, a lot of people, I think it's just kind of assumed that whenever something comes up on television for a weather alert or you hear something on the radio or, you know, something, an, an alert comes up on your phone or whatnot, that everyone knows what to do and everybody knows what it exactly means. And that's not always the case. And so, I mean, that's just, that's an incredible use of your time and, and your knowledge and, and just being able to pass that down to others who, um, you know, don't have that sort of skill set. And so, just kind of having that uh, that opportunity is that that's just incredible to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Jennifer, I uh, I, I don't want to let you go without talking <laughs> real quickly about Weather Brains, which is kind of the the gold standard, I suppose, for weather <laughs> podcasts and weather shows out there. I know you're a part of uh, that show uh, each and every week, so uh, you know I, I I love listening to it. I love the content that you all discuss. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you found yourself on Weather Brains, and uh, you know for for folks that have not listened, what they're what they're missing out on every week. It is a great show, and it is. Um it is just amazing a group of, of meteorologists that come together and we just talk weather. And I, I'm honored and humbled to be able to be on there with, with everyone. And it is, it's really neat. I kind of bring a different perspective, a little bit of a radio perspective and also the tornado history perspective. It really was tornado talk that kind of led me to, to be able to be on. And I connected with Bill Murray, who um, he is a huge history buff Huh. And they had me on the the show, um, kind of talking about my life. And then I came on again, and we we went through some like the top. We didn't get through all of them, but like the top twenty tornado events, and we went through everything, and, and it was popular. And that kind of an opening came up on the panel, and Bill pursued it with James Fan to see if if I could be a part of the show on a weekly basis every Monday night. And so they've just opened their arms for me to be on there, and. You know, I told you, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you on the podcast, I told you <laughs> offline here, I have a huge James Fan fan. I have a huge yeah. weather crush on that guy. He is amazing. So yep. to, you know, be on there with him. And if you don't know who James Fan is, you just go back and watch any of his coverage. Uh, watch some of his coverage from April 27th, 2011, and you're going to learn so much. He is an amazing broadcaster because he's just a, he's just real. He's not about drama. He just wants to tell you what's happening. He tells you what he knows. He knows his community and he just straight out tells you what's going on. And he is, uh, he's a really super nice guy. He's funny, great storyteller. And so he brings all that with the other folks in the panel. You know, Bill Murray loves history. Uh, he's, he's got so much knowledge on, on this day in history and tornado history. Then you've got Troy Kimmel, you've got Kim, you've got Aubrey and, and just everyone kind of brings their own skill set. You've got Nate, Everybody brings their skill set from all their different backgrounds. I'm still the newbie, so I'm still learning and trying to connect. But they, again, they've just opened their arms up to to let me in and and asking questions. I am learning so much from everybody sure. that we have on the show. We had a hurricane hunter the other day, and I was that was fascinating. Since my first love was hurricanes, to be able to talk to a hurricane hunter and ask questions was really amazing. And I'm I'm learning a lot. And so it goes to show that you're never too old to learn. So I'm not I'm learning so much for the Weather Brains crew, but I'm learning daily from these kids on Tornado Talk. I mean, their knowledge is amazing. And so for me, as I get older and, you know, I'm not getting crotchety. I'm actually I'm actually <laughs> staying young here and I'm learning. And it's been great for me to to be on Weather Brains and and I've been able to 
uh, bringing some of the Tornado Talk stuff onto the show. In fact, coming up on Monday, one of the the kids who wrote an absolutely amazing summary on the Smithville, Miss- Mississippi tornado from April 27th is actually going to be on the show oh, because wow. he did such an amazing job. He's going to be on the show to talk about his interest. I mean, he floored everybody with all of his research. So that to me, to be able to mirror and, and bring in and, and pair together the weather brains with tornado talk has really been great. Well, before I let you go, one of the questions that uh, that I, I, I like to ask all of my guests when we're talking about weather, especially those who are broadcasters when it comes to a radio or, or television, is sort of the emotional aspect of it. Obviously, meteorology and weather is very much science-based as it should be, but there is an emotional aspect to it as well. You know, in, in a lot of cases, uh, we're talking about life and death situations. And I know that with, you know, Tornado Talk, Jennifer, you've, you know, done a lot of research on incredibly devastating weather events that have, uh, you know, caused casualties. And, you know, I know that from from my background in covering weather on the radio, there have been several situations where, you know, I felt the adrenaline pumping and I felt, you know, my heart pounding and situations where I was very concerned that people could lose their life. Um, you know, if you have a specific event, that's awesome. Or if you just want to talk more at a broad level of what that means to you as being sort of that gatekeeper and relaying that information that in a lot of cases, you know, could result in loss of life or at the very least, you know, some extreme property damage. What does that mean to you having that responsibility? It's hard. It is hard. And it's, um, you know, I have a big heart. And so it it was hard when I first got into weather. It's trying to separate yourself from your coverage and then go home and try to let it go and, and all that kind of stuff. And you, ha- you have to stay in balance. I do have two events that come to mind. Um, earlier in my career, I was on in Kansas City. And I'm still on in Kansas City on KMBZ. And um, I was on KMBZ and KCMO. And I was talking about snow squalls and you know, snow squalls are hard to talk about because all of a sudden you're driving and then it, the visibility goes to zero. Yeah. And there was a, a time where there was a Kansas City Chiefs player that died in this huge traffic, you know, accident. And it was hard because it, you know, it was it just rattled everybody. And I was talking about it on the air and and was being questioned, you know, did I know there was going to be snow squalls and all that kind of stuff? And you almost feel responsible, but it's not my responsibility. I, you know, all I can do is give the best forecast that I can. Sure. And so those type of things are hard because you don't, I, I can't take responsibility. I can only be the best communicator that I can, but it's still weather and it doesn't act sometimes the way we want it to act <laughs> and we can't control yeah. it. I can only look at everything. And and that's why learning is so important. Um, looking at the models and doing the best you can and, and just trying to keep people updated. But the, the big event for me that was the most emotional was April 27th, 2011. I was working at the Weather Channel still and I was on WRSA in Huntsville during the event. And of course, we had the morning storms. I right. got the briefing. Um uh, about everything that had been happening that morning. And then, you know, everything exploded about two, three in the afternoon with numerous supercells. I have never in my life covered tornadoes like that yeah. and was on, I couldn't get up. You're, you're on constantly and you're talking to the radio station and I'm in Atlanta and they're in Huntsville. And I remember the tornado going through the Coleman, Alabama area and telling them that people were trapped in the courthouse and you're trying to relay the information and, and let people know, okay, this is what we're seeing and this is what's happening. 
And then they're telling me, Jen, we've got the tornado emergency. We're going to have to go to the basement. And so wow. you're, you've got the station and I had to broadcast solo and while well, they went and I didn't know what was, I just went, I just kept going. And then we yeah. lost, then we lost the station. We lost uh, power. And I didn't know if the station had been hit. I did not know if they had just lost power or that I didn't know what was going on. And mm. then I was, that was the end of the, my broadcast day for them. I did get then the text that said, Hey, we're okay. We've just lost power and what have you. And then I, then I, then I was a spectator because I, I did not have responsibility for any other stations in the outbreak. So I sat back and watched what happened in Tuscaloosa. And as the tornadoes were getting closer to Georgia and just sat back and watched it, it absolutely, it was the one that I hung on to for weeks. You just, you're absolutely emotionally drained sure. because then you're seeing all the reports and you're seeing the damage and, my best friend, Sally Russell, who works for the Storm Report Radio Network, we met at the Weather Channel and I was in her wedding and I'm, I am her uh, little girl's godmother. She's my bestie. We got together and we gathered um, items from folks and we drove to Auburn. Now, Sally is an Alabama grad. So we, she, her heart was broken because of everything that happened in Tuscaloosa. Sure, there was a group out of Auburn called uh, Tumors for Tuscaloosa that gathered information, uh, gathered uh, items, you know, toiletries and toilet paper and whatever to take to uh, to Alabama. And so we we took a trek over to um, Auburn and we met some of the kids there that were leading this effort, and it was our way of giving back, and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm tr always trying to find some ways to give back to whenever we have a disaster. And I, I did do some training through my church where I could learn, you know, I could be there on the front lines after a disaster happens. And it's my hope that, you know, it, that whenever something happens, that I can find some ways to continue to do that and go, go help clean up or whatever. Um, you know, you're, I'm always so busy covering the events that I've not been able to have that opportunity to, to do that more, but that was sure. really an opportunity for us to give back. That was probably the most emotional event to cover. And, um, you know, I've had some, some events since uh, at the storm report where we, you know, we're tracking tornadoes on the ground and, you know, you're go, it's going, it's, you're trying to tell people to take cover and it's happened in Topeka, you know, with the Chapman tornado. And that's yeah. you know, just, you're seeing stuff coming and you want, you're like, please, I hope that they heard my voice. I hope someone heard my voice and that's what's always going in the back of my, my brain. I hope I was able to direct someone that, that something was coming that, that they were able to, to be safe. And that, and so it is emotional. Um, it's all about balance though. And, and trying to find the, not getting caught up in too much in the darkness, but trying to, you know, find the light. And that's the good thing about tornado talk is that we've had tornadoes forever. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. it's not a new thing. And so, there's always that period of darkness, but then the communities come together and they care for each other and they bring supplies and they rebuild. And um, there's always a light at the end. And so that's, that's the good thing. And knowledge is always very important too. And so through a variety of different outlets, you're able to be a part of that, whether that's Tornado Talk or the courses that you teach or the Weather Brains podcast. There's so much knowledge out there that you're a part of and that you get a chance to share uh, each and every day. And then of course, uh, through your duties at the Storm Report Radio Network. So for our listeners that would love to connect with you or find you on social media or listen to you on Weather Brains, uh, I guess let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. 
Well, probably the best way is through uh, Tornado Talk. If you, we are on Twitter and Facebook, and you can just search Tornado Talk. If you want to listen to the archive podcasts, we do have those on YouTube. And so we have a Tornado Talk channel. I've done smaller stories, too, uh, since that point. And so I do have a few little other audio stories um, on the YouTube channel. And uh, you can, uh, you know, hit me up there for, and then if you go onto tornadotalk.com, there is a contact us page and, and you can get me uh, that way through email as well. And um, so there, I would say probably Tornado Talk is the best avenue for that. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you being on and talking about uh, all the, all the different things that you're a part of. There's a, there's a lot out there. I mean, you're very, very busy. <laughs> I am. But it's thank you, Tommy. I appreciate it so much. And, you know, I thank you for just having me on. And I'm just uh, thrilled. And I'm loving what you're doing here for the Storm Report and uh, and just letting folks know who we are and, and all that. So thank you so much for having me on. Of course, it's meteorologist Jennifer Naravmore here on the Storm Report podcast. And don't forget, just a reminder to hit subscribe. Anytime we have a brand new episode, you'll get a notification so you never miss a single episode of the Storm Report podcast. Again, you can find us online at thestormreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Storm Report and on Facebook at The Storm Report Radio Network. Until next time, I'm your host, Tommy Caster. You've been listening to the Storm Report podcast in association with The Storm Report Radio Network.